Welcome down to episode 153 of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by the beautiful people at 4Golf, custom4golf.e forward slash booking for your tour level custom fitting experience. Five star reviews for a reason. Zero tolerance workshop for a reason. Building better golfers like the power, the Seamus. We'll see him at the Irish Open in September. Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So you have no more excuses as to why not to get custom fit. Actually, would that be a good episode? Are people interested in finding out about who should get custom fit, the range of people that go to Derek and the family as they're building better golfers there out of Clean Castle? If it is, let me know. You know where I live, at PayTalksGolf on the Instagram and Twitter, the Facebook, or just contact me via the website, PayTalksGolf.com. This week, he's been on my hit list for, well, four years, since day one. Um, he's down in Monkstown over 10 years. It's incredibly progressive, the work they're doing down there with, I think, their recent uh, Fred Daly champions as well of their region, um, from new practice ranges, teaching academies, technology, new ranges different formats, a very progressive and prospering membership. It's Kim McNamara from Monkstown Golf Club. I hope you enjoyed this one. It's incredibly insightful to the trials and tribulations of what that golfing career can look like. Roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? McNamara, are you ready to tee it up? Absolutely, yes. Before we get into the hard-hitting questions of what is the Paddy Talks Golf uh, Podcast, um, you were an absolute idol of mine when I was like 17, 18. You're only a year older than me, by the way. Or we might be the same age. I'm 87. You're... 86. 86. 86. Yeah. And because at the time, I was playing off a lofty 10 handicap and I loved golf and I wanted to go design golf clubs. And you know the back of golf monthly? Yeah. Back then, it had all the stats of all the tours. And like Noel Fox was on there. So he was following Noel Fox every month on the Challenge Tour and Peter O'Keefe and all those folks. And then I had to put them together myself for the amateur so, side of things in Ireland. So you were on there, Niall Carney was on there, you know, all them folks. This little 15 yeah. year old, five foot nothing lad from Hollywood who never played the South because we all thought he was too good for it. But he played yeah. Lincoln's plenty of times at like 5 a.m. in the morning because I used caddy there. Yeah. Um, so you've been on my radar for a long, long time and on my hit list for the podcast for a long, long time. So thanks for joining me, first of all. Glad I'm delighted. Yeah. It's, it's something, as I said, I haven't done, I haven't done a podcast and it's uh, something nice to do. And uh, I'm interested in, in answering things honestly. And hopefully it's interesting for people to listen to. So well, hopefully. Well, just so you know, this is like the, uh, this is a self deprecating podcast. It's, unprof- it's professionally unprofessional. You're, yeah. you're doing a podcast at the bottom rung of the ladder of podcasts yeah. in Ireland. Are you not? No, we have a good, good, good amount of people listening. We like, we like to back ourselves. But um, I know a bit about you, but yeah. you came on my radar like, like 0203. You know, we're putting, we're putting dates on ourselves now. But you know, what's your earliest memory of golf? 
my earliest memory, my earliest memory is probably Limerick Golf Club summer evenings playing with my father, to be honest. Um, that's, you know, growing up as a young fella, soccer was probably the the my main attraction or main sport. He used to play with a club called Regional and um, I had great interest and a great passion for soccer. It was unfortunately a couple of injuries at a young age and, you know, kind of golf became quite attractive. I lived very close to the golf club. Um, I used to go up with my father in the evenings and um, develop some ability. And from there, um, just just gained a, a real a real interest. Um, Limerick Golf Club was a great club to grow up on. It was very competitive with some great golfers there. Vincent Nevin, um, Tim Rice, Billy Rice, um, we we had some golfers to look up to, so um, it was something that there was always there was always motivation being a member there and trying to you know get on teams and achieve some achieve some merit. So um, yeah, there be my earliest kind of memories playing with my father, trying to trying to achieve some merits, get on teams, and um, they were good times, good times. Limerick is a big sporting uh, county and it's just as well we didn't speak a couple of weeks ago when, when you pipped Clare I'm Clare man so Limerick yeah. pipped us by a point there but we'll, we'll get you in at Ireland uh, again Um, you mentioned soccer there was there other sports as well like rugby hurling golf you said was there any other sports aside from the foreign one I, no I was just I, I suppose I was never tough enough for rugby uh, neither, I neither was I I talked tough but I was never You'll never find me at the bottom of a rock, is what I yeah. said. <laughs> I certainly wasn't tough enough for hurling. So, no, soccer was my and yeah, like all young fellas, I think they're good. You know, we we all we all we all believed that we were a good soccer player. But I enjoyed soccer. Um, regional was a great club. Um, I can remember kind of a manager Tom O'Connell from an early age, and I just gained great great interest. Really enjoyed. We used to meet in a place called the Highway every Saturday morning, go to matches. I used to love those days, and um, just unfortunately, couple of injuries back and back, broke a leg. Uh, was out for I think it was about two three months, and came back and broke an arm straight away. First in first training session, and it was during those times I gained, gained a, a nice kind of interest in golf, just from going up with my father in the evenings because my been crutches or cast with my arm and uh, just developed a passion for golf and could see kind of high achievers at the golf club. Um, and from that, you know, you develop a key interest or there's a competitive side to, to every young fella growing up and you wanted just a piece of the action. And I was just, uh, you know, very grateful to grow up in Limerick Golf Club because it offered that chance to myself and all kind of young people. So, um, yeah, they were the kind of, they were, I suppose, my memories of my kind of, my childhood growing up. Yeah, growing up, fair enough. And, and that's a similar story to like people like Mark Power, like or the stories I tell about myself or, uh, and like Gary Hurley, you know, these guys on tour and, and high achievers in golf have all come from that kind of a yeah. club like Limerick or, or Le Hinch or Kilkenny or, or wherever, where, where like junior golf or, or people have been put like under their wing or really been nurtured to, you know, enjoy the game and a bit of etiquette thrown in. And, and, and they seem to be the type of clubs that are putting out like players like yourself into like the, the junior and Munster and, you know, international yeah. system. So what yeah. do you do for fun now, though? We'll skip forward to the uh, what do you do for fun today? My fun today, uh, I suppose 
fun is a, a Sunday is always a fun day. Sunday is a day I like to I kind of stop my week on a Saturday and I look forward to Sunday spending time with a young daughter, Isabel, she's two and a half and I was uh, my wife Siobhan and Sunday's the day we get up and we go do something and that's something nice just to have a bit of normality in a week and and spend a bit of time with, with my wife and spend a bit of time with my daughter, which I enjoy. So kind of it's not a cheesy answer, just is my favourite thing to do right now. Um, you know, apart from that kind of obvious side, there's it's kind of very uncompetitive, my answer, but it's, you know, four balls with my friends, like, you know, if it's a day off work or, you know, the other week I had a stag, a good friend of mine, we had a stag and we went to um we went to Dukes and County Bale and like that that's you know, that's as that's as good as it gets for me right now. I really I I love that. I love just competitive four balls with friends and and I'm very comfortable saying that. You know, competition doesn't do it for me as much anymore, probably because of because of my level. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy going playing four balls at good golf courses with friends. There, they're the kind of ideal days out for me alongside with kind of a Sunday with the wife and and my small one. No, they're they're dream days. That's what yeah. that's why I call them. We're thirty six now, Kim. We're not sixteen yeah. or twenty six anymore. We're thirty six. <laughs> um, when did golf get serious? I'm assuming it's kind of 14, 15, 16, or it might have been a bit later. When did golf get more serious for you growing up? When you're like, I'm good at this, I'm going to go after it. I met, I, I started off, I, things happened fast. I remember making an Irish, I, when I was 14, I met the Irish boys team. And I remember I was young, I was really, you know, that was kind of an indication to probably my parents, you know, that right, you know, there's something here, there's something to pay attention to. And, um there's something to manage and from from an early age from 14 you know I was I was I was involved in in teams and panels and um that was it, it was as early as that for myself um that that it was a time to concentrate on one sport and it was a decision I made you know the soccer was put aside and golf is something I concentrated on and you know I'm 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 delighted I did that. I'm delighted I I didn't get to where I want to get to, but I'm very comfortable saying that. But I, you know, I, I gave it a go and I made the right decisions and um just purely because of ability and um it's it's I didn't get to the level I would have liked to, but it wasn't for the for the want to try. Yeah, like so, something I, I try and, and do with people on the show sometimes is actually look back and look at the achievements and you kind of realize, geez, I did that. So there's a junior yeah. opening there, there's a junior world championship in there. And there's a certain East Tennessee State Athletic Scott Scholarship in there. Now, not yeah. a, that's pretty much for the chosen few uh, go to the States, especially back in our heyday. You know, it's kind of more commonplace yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, there, there's even agencies in Ireland um, recruiting or helping lads and ladies go go yeah. get a scholarship. How, how did East Tennessee come about? Because that's, you yourself went there and Seamus Power went there. Would that have overlapped with your time, yourself and the Power? Yeah, Seamus myself, Seamus came the year after. Um, Garrett Shaw, myself, Seamus, and a guy, Garrett, Garrett Shaw, who's obviously a very successful golfer, great friend of myself and Seamus. Uh, we, Garrett and myself, went together and Seamus followed. Um, but they... I suppose the journey started there actually in Cork Golf Club. The Irish, the Irish youths is on in Cork Golf Club, and I played golf with a guy, Kenneth Mills. He was a Welsh player. Um, he ended up winning the Irish youths that week. And um, when I played in the first few days, I remember going on the first tee and seeing this kind of cool college bag and meeting this kind of real nice guy, good golfer, and 
and we got talking about college golf and he described the the facilities, the schedule they play and I, I literally remember coming off the course and you know saying to my parents this this is this is where I want to go I want to this is this is the college I want to go to and um I fantastic friends with Kenneth till today um really really close friends but um they were you know my wife Ron would probably throw her eyes up I I speak about Johnson City you know every every day like a college I can't I can't tell people how much I loved uh East Tennessee I've great friends there it was an incredible place to go. I had an, an incredible coach in, in Fred Warren. Um, and it, I, I suppose the best compliment I'd give East Tennessee is that, you know, my daughter, if she would like to go golfing, if she would like to go to college, you know, that's somewhere where I'd send my child because yeah. the people get in behind, you know, kind of international athletes and they give you a great opportunity and families take you into the house and, you know, there's families over there like the like the Rays and Johnson City and I'm still great friends with them till today. So, you know, Seamus, myself and Garrett, we, we speak about college all the time. We just, incredible opportunity and met incredible people there. So um, just very grateful for, for what I experienced over there. No, I, don't, I like... It's fantastic to hear that um, because a lot of people from Ireland are kind of the mainstays, Jays, like, you know, fuck him, he left. Do you know what I mean? Because, uh, I, like, I went to Iffy for a couple of years. There's that, it's a begrudgery culture sometimes. But So there's some people come to me or would ask, or I go, Jay, should I go do that? Should I go take this job abroad? Or should I go on this scholarship to America and... A good pal of, of ours, Keelan McDonough, asked me that yeah. question four or five years ago. It's like, Keelan, we'll all still be here. Don't worry about it. If you don't like yeah. it, come back after two weeks. Yeah. Because I come back to my experience of like, I want to go design golf because I've said that many times in this podcast. Yeah. And I never went. I never bit the bullet and said, right, I'll do a J1 and I'll see, can I get in the door in Carlsbad somewhere? Yeah. You know? So I always tell people, go do it. Was there anyone when for East Tennessee that was like, yeah, Keen, go do it, you know? The kind of family around you or team around you saying, yes, Keen, that's the that is the road. Go on. I I like I was listen, very, very lucky, very great for my parents. I suppose it's not easy for them, but my parents knew how much I wanted it. And um probably in Limerick Golf Club, uh Tim Rice had gone to Toledo and he had he had uh, had great success there and um there was great progression with Timmy when he came home and I suppose my parents had that knowledge knowing that this is this is a good route for for a guy that that wants to achieve something in the game so um when my parents got to speak to the coach and um when they knew the players that were there and the achievements that those players made it was you know it it it, it, it was a no-brainer like it was there was never a discussion in the house going are you sure about this they like you know, my parents knew how much I wanted it, and and it was a very comfortable decision. There was there was discussions with other colleges at the time, and um, it was it it didn't matter what other colleges. It was meeting Kenneth, knowing that Reese Davis was another very good golfer and a good friend of mine, and he was there at the time. And I just knew I didn't even go on a recruiting trip, and the opportunity was there to go. And my point was, if it's good enough for Reese Davis, it's good enough for me. So I can always remember saying and just flying out there and. I'll never forget getting the first night, getting into Johnson City, meeting a coach, 
been dropped to the to the Buckridge M three four eight was the apartment and going into my room and looking in the mirror room and I'll never forget looking going like what what the hell what's going on now like what, what do I get up in the morning what do I do and you know I, I it's amazing I'm thirty six now I can remember that night sitting down in bed looking at that mirror going wow like what is happening now you know but loved it I would just you know if, if my child would like that opportunity in time I'd be the first to put it that way because they they were they were incredible days and incredible opportunity for for a child to have or you know a guy to have so um you know I look back in those days I'm just so grateful for them and I'm very happy to have to experience that you know I'm very lucky to have experienced uh things like that and met great friends and played incredible courses you know incredible experiences and, and learned a lot of life lessons there as well you know so um, you know, I talk very, very highly about it. Oh, absolutely, you surely do. You could nearly be a, a recruitment recruitment rep for them at this stage, I'd say. Um, was it during your time there you won the South, or did you win it this summer before you left? I won it, did this, you win it the summer before I left. I'm sure I won it, if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, before. Uh, um, yeah. Because, because my question there was, Another regret of mine is I carried on that place in the Hinchcliffe for 10 years. Yeah. And somewhere through college, I was cleaning out my room, right? At the end of college, so I, you know, 08. Yeah, 08, 09. And I had a big drawer of business cards. Yeah. From like 10 years of carrying. I just went, that's right, I'll never need them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I, there was probably like 50 good job opportunities there. I said, hey, I'm the guy in the Hinchcliffe for you. You know, anything going in Florida. So that's another thing I have, I, I try and tell people when they're, you know, making a jump like that to, to the States or doing a scholarship is keep all the business cards and network and communicate. Yeah. Send an email a couple of days afterwards and say, look, really great to meet you. You know, hit me up if ever in Ireland and keep that line of communication open. How much of that did you do, if any? Uh, and if you did do it, you know, have you have you built you know long term relationships from it? Um, I I'm like I'm close to who I want to be close with. That's how I put it. You know, I I yeah. I didn't. I don't try and be. I'm close to who I want to be close to, and and people are good to me. I'm good to them, and you know, I have some great friends. I have some very close friends, and you know, yet again, my my wife would be the first to say I, I have good friends you know and there might be people that it could be Kenneth Mills could be Reese Davis it could be Coach Warren it could be the Rays in, in East Tennessee that you know I don't have to see them all the time just to say they're a good friend of mine so um, that's probably the way I operate in the States and I operate today that you know I I I'm friendly, you know. I I I'm closer to who I want to be close with, and uh, you know, one of the best pieces of advice was given to me from my coach in the states. He said, "Surround yourself by good people," and I always think of that today. You know, I'm I'm, you know, one of my greatest friends. My father also said, "One of my good friends are strengths is I've good friends," and 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 that's just come from my coach in the states. And I always think about that is you know surround yourself by good people and good things happen and and that's just something i've taken from it. it's probably a life lesson and and that's just something i carry to today you know no 100 you don't have to have five thousand faithful friends you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um to get through in life 
Um, numerous achievements, you know, from a golfing career-wise, youngest player in the South, junior open, junior worlds, like we said, represented Ireland alongside your man that hopefully won the US Open a couple of weeks ago. We were recording this the week of the US Open. Rory yep. is a shaky tid too at the moment. So at that time, you're talking, what, 07, 08, are we? When you're kind of finishing East Tennessee, um, you have a decent bit of a, a golf CV behind you. What were your aspirations in golf at that time? It's, it's, it's something, do you know, when you're, when you're young and things are happening fast, like looking back now, it's, it's it, like, it's probably an interesting side, you know, as a young fella, I think good things were happening for me and, you know, I was achieving some nice things, but things are happening so fast. You don't think of, you know, you're probably a little bit immature and too young to think about the future. Um, so from a young age, you know, you would have probably given the answer, you know, I want to be on the Ryder Cup or I want to win a major. I suppose I never thought like that. You were thinking of Munster boys, Leinster boys, British boys. That's all. You're just thinking of the next week. Um, so I never had, I could never say I had honest aspirations as a young fellow was to step ahead, make the Munster team, make the Irish team, make the Great Britain Ireland team. That, that, that was, it was what was in front of me. Uh, you know, when I went to America, I suppose that was the America was a real eye opener. Like I went to the States and, and had a nice had a nice background regards under underage golf. And um, I'll never forget the first day playing at Johnson City Country Club. Um, we were playing qualifying and I had kind of gone. It was, I wouldn't say cocky, but a very confident because. You know, I I thought I was I thought I was uh someone someone important, and I played the qualifier with a guy called Jeremy Jeremy Hobson, who literally wasn't making a team at East Tennessee. And first day he went out and shot sixty four, and I shot seventy three, and it's quite quite a tough course. And I shot one over, and I wasn't that disappointed. And uh, I was like, this guy's not even known in his own state, like, and he's you know, a much better golfer than me. And, you know, that night I remember going home and going, you know, I, I have an issue here. I have a lot of work to do. And, and like, I work very, you know, I work very hard. I made mistakes. I probably chopped and changed with a lot of coaches, panic a little bit set in in States. But, um, like, I worked hard and I'll never have a, an element of, I do have an element of regret, probably looking back at the amount of changes I made. But, you know, it wasn't from lack of trying and it wasn't from a poor work ethic, you know, you know, I tried and I, I, I worked towards everything that was put in front of me. But now that I'm obviously a bit older, a bit more experienced, you know, I didn't stay on any given path for a long enough duration. I never give anything a proper go. I probably panicked too soon. So that's just experiences you grow and you, you kind of grow in time. But um, they, they, they were probably, they were kind of experiences that I had that probably maybe changed my aspirations or targets going forward. No, 100%. 100%. Because, like, they might come into a question later on in terms of, you know, what, what times in your life truly tested your metal, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Something I would love to do, and I've told my wife, look, I nearly take the pay cut. I assume there's a pay cut. I don't know. Maybe around a bazillion euro a year. Um, I'd love, I love the idea of doing the PGA. Me, like, right? This okay. random. Because um, I like working with people. I like coaching people. Uh, more necessarily, like, you know, people younger than me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, 13 under, um, juniors or whatever, people new to the game to get a certain point. Um, I love that sense of building community, right? Yeah. That's what, that's what I love. Um, 
and then find out how people and things work, right? So golf swing, okay. But what was the compelling event for you to do the PGA to go down that route? Um, what was the compelling? Honestly, um, honestly, listen, golf is all probably golf is all I. I wouldn't say all I knew, but probably in 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 a way, it's what I had good knowledge or decent knowledge or and good experiences and probably had maybe a little up on the guy beside me from previous previous kind of uh, merits so it was when when the understanding was coming in going listen you know I, I'm, I'm not getting to the I'm not getting to the level required um, there was probably too much ebbs and flows for myself or even family members and you know friends that like there was a lot of disappointment in the last few years just prior to me kind of saying right I'm gonna have to take a back seat in this and you know there comes a stage in life and you know uh, you know enough's enough you know you're giving yourself you know giving yourself uh you're giving yourself the best chance you great support behind you you know you had a good work ethic and and uh it just doesn't happen and and you know things life is you know life is quite short and you just have to make a make a decision so um with myself when I made that decision you know the PGA was an obvious route there's still some nice things I was able to do on the plane side I, I looked at um there was some nice events I was able to get into if I was to achieve on an Irish region which is a nice attraction to me I've always had a great interest in coaching um that I w- would have liked to done on a more consistent basis so you know with those kind of thoughts in mind going down the pga route was the obvious direction for me and i'm 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 delighted it was i don't want to say forced upon me but it was the obvious route after playing that was the direction and and to find my feet um after i got my kind of credentials and that's that's a decision i made and something i'm very happy and comfortable that i that i did it's tough. A uh, quick sideline journey. What's your favorite golf movie? Uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. Nice. You mentioned before the best tip you received, you know, um, uh, good friends, but what's the best golf tip that you've ever received? Best golf tip I've That ever... maybe you still use today, you know? <laughs> I probably did a tip... Uh, I wouldn't be known as the best driver of the ball. So I I the best golf tip for my safety is from from my guy I go for coaching, very respected coach in the country, Eddie Doyle. Um oh, yeah. I get tilted in my backswing and bad things happen from that. So, you know, when I when I uh tee tee the ball up very high or go three or four castle tees in the range and hover the club and swing quite level. Um, if I can just bring that move to a normal tee height, you know, I, I seem to drive the ball uh, better. So best golf tip or the safest golf tip for me to hit the ball more consistent is that move that Eddie's given me. So, you know, uh, teeing the ball up very high, making rounded actions, shallow striking, that's 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 probably the best tip for me. Um, with regards giving lessons, uh I would always get, especially with short game lessons, I see there's an old mentality of ball back, hands forward, dragging the handle, and it's something that's very destructive in people's games. So probably, very one-dimensional, isn't it? I was told it was very one-dimensional because <laughs> I was at that a few years ago. So I would, you know, good tips for people is right, well, right-sided players, 
kind of neutral setups, neutral hand position, right arm actions. Um, they that's that's a good tip that I've been given and I give people regard short game. It's just a tip that would stand out for me. You're you're like the Irish short game chef, so I wouldn't say that, but I I, I enjoy <laughs> teaching. Yeah. Uh and before we get on to Monkstown, favorite club in the bag? Favorite club in the bag. Um favorite club in the bag. I would say I'd be I would say my two earn. Classic. That's that's the sign of a true classy ball striker when you say two iron. Of a guy that can't drive the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um you did your PG qualification at home, Limerick. Yeah. And the opportunity amongst them came about a year later. That was ten years ago. Yeah. I, I've only been told that recently. I can't get over that. That's scary. I detected I I did a quick Google. There's an article from two years ago that said eight years. I was like, oh, I get to do it on his 10-year anniversary. Um, time is perfect. What was the initial draw to Monkstown? Um, well, a really a very good friend, friend of mine, Simon Keelan, who's with who's Caddy for Seamus, Seamus Power now. Uh Simon was um Simon was working in, in Monkstown and just needed assistance guards helping him uh, take some weight off his shoulders regards coaching and um, it was a it was a nice fit for me. I was doing some coaching in in um, Spanish Point at the time and I was doing a lot of coaching in Limerick and this opportunity um, came up to go to go to Cork and work on a more cons- kind of a I suppose more permanent basis and uh, I worked alongside Simon and I I uh, did quite a bit of coaching and it just it just started from there um, and it's yeah it's, the, the years have gone very fast Humar uh, I had him in the podcast a few months ago um, he was at a track mentoring here near Nace and um, I find it really interesting terms of his like approach to the swing but also like his approach to keeping other pros accountable to being good coaches right yeah and he he said that he described the pga professional role as being like the true side of growing the game whatever about the rory's and the shamans who we all love or the tailor maids or you know live gods in they're all doing it for growing the game is the pga professionals who truly do it at the grassroots that's who you go to for your first lesson that's yeah. where you send Isabel or my Sophie, you know, yeah. for their first lessons or camps. Yeah. Um, do you agree with that? Um, okay. Thing, things come, things, I suppose, things originate from home, first of all, you know, support of parents and parents that maybe have a sporting background or like to get their kids involved. And then whatever direction they pass them, it's, you know, those people that the parents pass their kids to have a, have a high level of responsibility and, um, I, it's probably in a way it's a promotion, but it's an honest promotion. Like since I've got involved in the PGA or since I've got involved on in a more permanent basis as a head professional and I've got to know other club pros, you know, I have a high level of respect for these people. Um, because to be a club professional, there's a certain attitude and a mindset you need because there's, there's pressure, um, there's a strong work ethic. There's there's a strong work ethic involved, and there's a certain mindset. And you know, when you're a, when you're a professional, like an assistant, there's you know there can be a thousand members at a golf club, but there's only one or two professionals. 
And there's a lot of responsibility with that. If you're doing your job right, that means you have a lot of people um, looking for your time. And when you're giving people your time, you got to give them proper time and proper proper information or, you know, proper attention. So, you know, I realize myself, it's sometimes a struggle for me. I realize myself how demanding that is mentally, physically. And I see guys that are in the, in, in the PGA game 20, 30 years. And I just, and they're still improving their business, improving their service. And it, you know, I have a high level of respect for these people. Um, just an incredible work ethic these people have. And um, I always hope the members are just getting in behind them because these people deserve it, you know. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself in terms of like, I suppose in, in many places, like the club pro might be taken for granted, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's probably. where I get my glove or my Mars bar and, and, they start my tea time and I'm on a bit of a business and I might go to them for a lesson here or there. Um, but I suppose what you're building at Monkstown with the team there is is a different type of role as a club pro. Like one that you described there is, is you looked at the guys maybe like, I don't know, David Keating, who's there 20 years, uh, yeah. Amy and Kilkenny. Um, for you and maybe the expectations in Monkstown, what do you see as the role of um, head pro? Um role of head pro uh, basically a week in the life of Keen McNamara <laughs> you know what, what is it week in the life I suppose there's many facets to the business you know there's there's the retail element that you know is a service element and it's dealing with people dealing with suppliers um I suppose some office time you know staying on top of your books uh there's a coaching element um Depending on how active, I'm very lucky. I've I've great staff with me. I've two qualified professionals with Shane Irwin and Shane Livesey, and you know they they they're very um, popular guys, and they do a lot of coaching, and that helps me a lot to free up some time um, for other elements of the business. Um, but I would have the the retail element, the coaching element, the custom fitting element. And the the service element regards progression of the golf club that I'd work alongside the, the general manager or the greenskeeper or the caterer in, in the golf club. And, you know, we would certainly meet on a weekly basis. So, there, you know, there, there's 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 many elements of the business. And, you know, some guys might want to concentrate on two or three. And with me, there's there's retail, there's coaching, there's custom fitting and there's a service element that that is to to members, to guests, and that can be done through service and green fees, service and events at the golf club, service and future projects. You know, there's there's quite a few elements regards to club professionals. So you need to be organized. You need to have a strong work ethic. You need to have a certain personality. Um, and that is a reason that I would have a high level of respect for club professionals in the country. I've seen a lot of, and I, maybe it's just... I'm scrolling more. I don't know, but I've seen a lot more um, news of developments in tech facilities and various projects in Monkstown. Yeah. Uh, over the last few years. Uh, so like um, very early adopters of like TrackMan Studio uh, for your membership and for, for, for lessons and for coaching, custom fitting, shark game area. And now I think it was launched only maybe a couple months ago or last month 
like Monkstown Golf Academy with, you know, yeah. fully built out custom fitting and studio and where, what's, what's driving that innovation? Um, what's driving it? I would say we're, we're very, things, it probably, what's driving it? Initially, initially we, Fowlers had very good people, and I, I, I suppose this, this yet again, everything I'm saying here is honest. So I'm not saying it to promote my own business or to to say things I don't believe. But Monkstown is a very loyal place. Members are incredibly loyal to the caterer, to the greenskeeper, to the the pro shop, to the manager. So everyone is pulling together. Uh, there was tough times. A good few years ago, we were very lucky to have an incredible chairman and Gavin O'Neill that came in. Um, we're incredibly lucky at the moment that we have I would describe as experts in certain in each area of the of the business or of in the service. We have a head greenskeeper in Martin Travers that I can only say is to me is the best greenskeeper in the country. I mean, just incredible the enthusiasm he has to work, the knowledge he has, the ability or the the interest in learning on a weekly basis, it's it's it kind of rubs off in the rest of us. So we have an incredible greenskeeper. Our our general manager, Morris O'Mara, just has an insane work ethic. Um and we have a caterer um with with in, in Alan that that I think the service and the, the food and what's provided in the golf club I think is unparalleled to other clubs and it's something that we're very grateful for. So at the moment we have very good people in important areas. We had a we had a great um I suppose direction given to us from the chairman and Gavin O'Neill. And from that at the moment, you know, we we have this direction and what we're looking to do is provide the, the highest level of service that we can possibly to both our members and guests. And, you know, certainly there's momentum behind us. Um, we have the right people in the positions that have an understanding of these standards, that have experience uh, seeing other facilities or how other golf clubs are run or good and bad things. So, you know, at the moment, we're in control of what we're doing. We have a vision, we have a direction and what we're trying to achieve. And, there has been no regret over the last two or three years. Everything we're doing is is very positive and is at a good level and we're continuing to progress. There'll be a bunker renovation coming soon at the golf club to progress the to progress the, the appearance and the, the play of, of the, the 18 holes. Um, but it's just a good time at the club and uh, good people that are very good at their uh, very good at their jobs and have a strong work ethic. That's often described uh as a high performing team, if you're if you're into that side of things, right? In terms of like um I was at a keynote one time, you know I was in tech, right? Going to keynotes. Yeah. <laughs> um of uh and it's this guy who sat in with like high performance teams and one was like the like the emergency team in, in a war zone. Uh and then the next team was like um the Oxford Rowan team. Now you thought you were going to a golf podcast, there's various tensions happen when you're talking to yeah. me. But basically, it sounds like Monstown is like one of those teams in terms of everybody yeah. knows their job. Yeah. You know, in Oxford, it's like if the whole team is all around, like, well, this decision, will it make the boat go faster? That's basically yeah. what the keynote was about, you know? So yeah. Monstown is like, oh, well, if we do this, what, you know, what improvement 
or synergy or efficiency level with that bring back to the club. I, I'm that's yeah. what's coming across to me is like you're passionate about golf, you're passionate about I, Monkstown, you're passionate about your servers, your members, and you're not going to do anything unless it makes the ball go faster. Yeah, and I think I think at the moment if people were to come, I think there's many people playing at golf course at the moment's going through a good time, the course in great condition, but it's it's. You just have to drive in and, and experience what's going on with guys. The short game area driving range, it's healthy. It looks right. It's proper, proper conduct. You see a lot of young people with their with their parents up practicing in the evening, utilizing the short and utilizing the range. And, you know, it's it's just something nice. Say it's just proper order. You know, I'm there in the evening coaching, you know, it could be finishing up with, with the two Shanes and we'd look and, you know, you could, you could kind of smile or laugh and go, look how busy that range is. But for me, I'm looking at it and goes, well, that's proper order. That's how it should be. You know, there's a there's there's a parent there that wants to bring their daughter or son up in the evening. And isn't, isn't that a nice thing to do? And, you know, um, if I was joining a golf club, you know, I say very open. If I was to join a, you know, and I was in Cork at the moment, uh, you know, very hard to look away from Monkstown because of what it's offering and and because of the direction and the drive and you know there's good people there. So, you know, the decisions I've made over the last two and three years have been right decisions, proper decisions. Things are very healthy there, and in a very sim simple kind of. I suppose a manner I would just look at it as proper order. It's it's you know you're there to offer a good service. You're you're there to you know everyone needs to make a good living. Everyone needs to 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 earn good money, and people need to get in behind you to do that. But you're there to provide a good service, and I think regards the pro shop, the 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 office, the caterers, the green staff. I think every member would get in behind us and say these boys you know are, they're, they're trying their best what um what appears to be a superb team effort at monkstown you know like you said there you mentioned pro shop team gm chairman catering greenkeeping i'm sure there's a a marketing social committee inside there yeah. what what gels everyone together you mentioned you meet weekly what what gels everyone together or like how are things managed well that keeps everybody knowing what they're doing or keeping them on on that straight road that, that's moving everybody in the same direction? Uh, what, like there's not a day, every single day I speak with a, the GM, I speak with Morris, every day I speak with Martin, every day I speak with Alan. Like I know what's going on every day, every week, every month. And that comes from the top, that comes from our general manager. Um, we have a structure that's consistent. Um, we have a direction that we stay on. We have good people in each position. And so long as we stick to that, this, you know, it's going to keep progressing. It's going to keep going. The certain levels are going to, the levels are going to uh, improve. But, you know, I would say there's consistency in what we're doing. There's not a day that I don't sit down with Mars. There's not a day that I don't have a cup of tea with, Mar with Martin. There's not a day that I don't go in the kitchen and have a quick conversation with Alan. There's not a day like, so, so yeah, there's consistency. That's brilliant. Uh, so any, I suppose, members listening from other courses or other pros who are looking to amongst them as like, you know, the leaders in what you're doing. Um, I'm like, oh, sure, that's great for them. They have all the right people in the right places now. So because you're there 10 years, maybe you can give some insight into, like, was there a five-year plan put in place to help you get to where you are now? Or, or was it always that way amongst them? You know, maybe the question is, you know, 
back in 2013-14, what are the differences between, between then and now? And is there any marked point on the Monkstown timeline that has helped you get to where you are now? Um, I, it's, it's hard, like, you know, a lot of decisions happen way above me and then it's passed down and, um, it's, over the last few years, we've been incredibly lucky to have, you know, to have people with, you know, kind of high achieving experiences or have gone to, to golf courses with a high level of service or have had correct vision in regards how golf clubs or country clubs needs to be run. And, you know, a point that I've, I've certainly, I certainly have, and I definitely am now experiencing is the days of just offering 18 holes are gone. Like, you know, people of our age, um, you know, we don't have four and five hours to go play 18 holes. It's just, it's just not there. So do you know my favorite thing to do is, do my favorite thing to do is huh? play four holes yeah. or play six. That's it. Just, uh, it, it off. <laughs> you know, you, you, you get your fix. You, you're not, a, you're not affecting kind of the home structure and you can go home and feel I've hit a few balls. But, you know, with regards golf clubs now, you know, in Ireland, you know, we we can't rely on 18 holes, just the 18 holes for people to join or people to consistently visit the, the facilities. So, you know, over the last few years, we've had, we've had committees with, with an understanding of the direction that golf clubs need to go. And what we're looking at doing and what we are doing in Monkstown is we're offering the member the opportunity to get their one hour or two hour fix and go home and feel like, you know, there's merit in being a member of that facility. So guys of, you know, Mid thirties, for example, that that might have you know, great might... age. Mid thirties is a great age. Yeah, great age, well, right? <laughs> well, I'm probably <laughs> they, 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 you know, it's nice to be able to f- finish work and go up and hit fifty balls, hit a few pitches, grab a coffee at the lads, and go home and do that all in an hour and forty five minutes. Um, you know, th- that's what need. That's what I feel needs to be offered, and and and. That also takes pressure off timesheets. You know, I see it in Monkstown. I often use it in the evening. You know, between the hours of six and half eight or six and nine, you know, there could be 40, 50 people use the range. And my kind of answer to that is that's 40 or 50 members that wanted wanted some, you know, some level of a golf fix that evening. And if we didn't offer the driving range or the short game area, our timesheets wouldn't be able to cope. So, you know, you run the risk of, you're on the risk of kind of not pleasing your members. So, you know, we're in a very fortunate position because of the vision of the committees, the chairman, the manager, that we've made these changes and now we're reaping the benefit that, you know, it's it's a good place to be. It's progressive. Um, you know, I just described it as proper order. We're offering a nice service uh, and we have the right people in, in, in each position to continue driving it on. I have one more question, but then your answer made me ask one more question, right? Okay. <laughs> so so you've you've built out from various projects, great facilities and, and proper order. What do you do or do you do anything, I suppose, for member engagement? Like we said, for 
I hate to put a name in us now, but millennials are like the working professionals who have a couple of kids. You only have maybe a couple of hours once a week. And like weekend is not for golf. Maybe a Friday yeah. evening is or Thursday evening. You know, is there anything, is there something maybe different that Monkstown took a look at and said, you know what, if we did this? So like the question is coming from like, our glass do like a Friday evening nine hole skins game. Yeah. Right. Um, Castle Rock do something similar on their, on their band course. Um, nine and dines, this type of thing. Is there something that happens in Monkstown that not only gets people to the club, but really builds a kind of member community and members get to meet other members, especially new ones, especially post-COVID? Something like that happening. Uh, I, I suppose it's a very, so, listen, it's a very social, I think it's known as a very social golf club. I, there's events every, I could speak of, there's events every day of the week. Um, there's certainly uh, a casual golf element uh definitely once maybe twice a week where you know if it's the, the friday mixed or um it can be thursday even nine hole event um that facilitates each each area for people that are yeah. maybe on a weekend so it, it's hard to answer that like and say oh well we just do this we do no, what i mean is what i mean is it's not seven days of 18 holes day before competition no <laughs> you know there's different things for different demographics within the club yeah i mean it's it's yeah. it's certainly thought about that yet again you know you're trying to cater for each 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 member each category a member and and um it can be regards i think the teams are the teams in the summer are a very important aspect of how a golf club uh needs i don't want to say should be wrong because everyone every golf club is obviously different but regards most of them the golf the teams are a very important aspect because from the teams you know, we can we can get a hell of a lot of people involved in the in the kind of the operation of the club or in regards to progression of the golf club. It doesn't mean a person, a man or a lady has to make the team, but you get them involved. And from that we do a lot of team coaching, we do a lot of uh midweek events in the evening and you know people are playing with you know with with members that they might have met before they're playing with people of at similar levels it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of a social way that's a nice way for people to integrate and it's a nice way to get people involved and i think it's a a very important aspect of how uh each club in golf ireland uh needs to you know needs to continue because it just gets a a lot of people involved and it gets a lot of people kind of engrossed into the golf club and uh, and the progression of the club Definitely. And that's something I'm going to touch on in, in, a, in an episode in the future is, is like I have a staff pack from Golf Ireland on, you know, WHS and membership yeah. and engagement and all that stuff. So, so, so absolutely. The last question before we get into the real important ones in the quick fire Q&A is, and you said it before I press record, yeah. is, and it's actually a question on, I think it's diary of a CEO, which is like makes millions as a podcast. What question are you generally not asked? What question? It could be, it could, it could be day-to-day in Monkstown, you know, Kim McNamara's walking around. What question are you not asked? What question am I not asked? Uh, what question am I not asked? I find it, I suppose it's, it, and it, it might come across as a, it might come across as a, a kind of a, a negative or a bitter comment, but I find it funny sometimes that you could be you could be driving home at two thirty on a Saturday and and people cracking a joke that you know oh, you're skying off pro and 
like members wouldn't realize you're instant 620 like you know i, I find that <laughs> i find it funny i kind of don't have the mindset that you know and i, I feel for certain guys that might take it hard you know that that you know i, I once i have a strong work i do my best that's 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 what makes my mind comfortable but i think that's probably a question that and it's quite funny that members don't realize that the hours that we start and 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 it's something around the country that I suppose other pros or systems realize that, you know, I look at I look at a job nine to five looking for my wife and she gives out to me and you know, she goes in at twenty to nine and finishes at three and I'm like, My God, like I mean, you know, club pros Can I get one going, of them. <laughs> yeah, club pros are going in there at like, you know, we've our captain's prize at the moment and, you know, uh, and I want to do and I enjoy doing that, you know, but I'm in that shop in the morning at 6.15, you know, and it's, it's you know, I might go away there at lunchtime for, for a coffee or a sandwich and just to get out and refresh the head and, you know, someone might crack a joke about, you know, skiving off. You're like, man, I was there since quarter past six. You know, it's two o'clock, like, I, you know, so that's probably the question that if you were saying that, I don't know if it's not asked, but what do people not realise? They don't realise... The, Nobody the, asks Kane how many hours have you done this week, and no, you're like, I, "Well, doc- doctors have done less." <laughs> yeah, I think if people, if and I don't want to, you know, in certain, and I'm talking about myself because it with myself, I am very fortunate. I have I have members that tell me, you know, will you, will you go away or will you will you you know take a or play that event? Listen, I'm in a fortunate position, you know. I have I have the backing of of everyone, which you know other club pros that might experience might experience pressures you know i don't think the understanding is there the hours are involved you know there can be one professional and fortunately there's three with me myself and two others but you know it could be a thousand members very hard for that one person to give the understanding to the thousand people these are the hours and i think if people realize they might step in and go oh hold on this isn't this isn't right. So, you know, there has to be a high level of respect towards club professionals and the service they're providing. And I would really hope around the country that members are just like unanimously getting in behind club professionals and making sure these people are doing well for themselves because, you know, they deserve it and they're they're incredible work ethic and they're 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 trying to drive things on. And, and absolutely. And that's even something like my local golf shop, like pro i'm not a member there yeah like I'll not, I'll not go to a big retailer that has like 20 locations around the country or online for something you know i'll go up to the glenn hey glenn can you order that foot joy for me and i'll come yeah. click. do you know what i mean because i know I, that that's the level of respect i'd have for them and i'd like there's four or five within 10 minute radius they all get their patty order every other month you know yeah. um just because that's going into someone's back pocket to someone's family rather than into some you know, a big machine, and that's just and you know, I, stock I, on a pallet. You know, I, so I would say very, and yet again, I mean, I'm very grateful for the position. I mean, I I really have incredible support, but you know, it's just a kind of an honest or a, as I say, a proper way of looking. And if everyone supports their own, these people, myself, other club professionals, you know, when people work hard and they're trying their best and they're 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 given everything regards the improvement of a facility or a golf club, you know, should be getting in behind these people and should ensure that these people are earning good money and have a good lifestyle outside of their job 
and um, when they're then in their job, then, you know, they have a good mindset. They, they're grateful for the, the opportunity that the golf club have given them. And from that, everyone wins. And I'm in a very fortunate position at Monkstown. That's the mindset we all have. You know, I look at offering, you know, I'm trying to offer the best that I can offer, give the people the best value that I can give them. Um, and in return, I get the backing and, you know, I'm grateful of a nice lifestyle, very happy family at home. And when I go to work, I would hope that people think I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best and I hope that I'm giving them the best offering that a club professional can give them. And that's a kind of a consistent mindset I think that all club professionals have. Definitely, definitely. Keen McNamara, the real questions now, right? Are you ready for these? Go on. Quick for a Q&A. What would your walk-on song be? Walk-on song be? Um, ooh. Some Limerick, some uh, some tune, it'll have to be. I, I, something that would relate to, to, to being from Limerick, I suppose. I'll I'll find a Limerick band. It's Hermitage Green from Limerick, are they? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find one of them. Jim or pizza? Uh, well, definitely pizza. But I would love if my answer was Jim. But definitely pizza. I I I had a big Domino's last night, so but I, I don't care. Um, hat visor or bucket hat? Uh, my hairline that wouldn't be great, so I should try to stay away from the hats. But uh, hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? No legend of Bagger Vance on, on this question, I'm afraid. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Uh, Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Walk. You might be selling plenty of them in the shop. Maybe not past few weeks with the heat. Golf hoodies, yes or no? Interesting one. I was very much against them up to this year. Didn't order any in the shop. And it was one of the lads, Shane Livesey, said, we're missing a beat here. Keen, these, these are in. And we got got some in and uh and people liked them and then I started wearing myself and just incredibly comfortable. Listen, it's in a weird way, it's it's the direction golf should be going, more casual, more accommodating, more common. And uh so yes, I'm I would I it goes against everything I I, I believe in, but I, I would be a hoodie fan, yeah. You'll love the next question then before I ask it. I agree with you when they first came out, right? Golf hoodies were, I think the Adidas got with the first, Till Hatton was wearing them. And yeah. they were big, baggy, they're a standard issue down by the canal hoodie, right? Yeah. But now they're a lot more sleeker, you know. Yeah. And I agree with that. Fitting. They're, they're a bit better these days. Um, I have a couple of brands I'd, I prefer, like Footjoy, it's very good. Holiness and Bourne ones, they look, they look like really sweet. Sweaters are weird, you know, where the hood sits. But you'll love the next question then, because if you say yes to the golf hoodie question, the next question is, golf joggers, yes or no? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll not wear mine if I come to Monkstown. So. Yeah. Um, Instagram or Twitter? Not on Instagram, Twitter, but I. Instagram is a powerful tool. Uh, Probably should be should be on it, putting content. But I would be more comfortable with Twitter. That's right. Done is better than perfect when it comes to Instagram. Um, play or practice? Um, player practice. I prefer to play. Prefer nice. to play. Nice. Um, the last question is hypothetical. Uh, it's more of like a storyline question. But we'll pick a scenario you'd be celebrating. So maybe winning PGA regionals, right? Yeah. 
one PGA regional is you're planning dinner to celebrate. Yeah. You can have whatever six people you want at the dinner. Anyone in the world, dead, alive, fictional. You're at the top of the table and you have three people down the left and you have three people down the right. Who makes Key McNamara's candlelit celebration dinner? Three and left, three and right. Well, it'd be Isabel and Siobhan. So that's, is that three then, is it? Or is that's that two? two. That's two. Isabel and Siobhan, yeah, down the left. So you have a spot down the back left there. That's two. My fa- mother and father. Nice. Two to go. Four. My brother. Five. Who do I have the most respect for? The f- the f- uh, Ooh, who is he the most respect for? I guess the last seat. I would have... See, it would, always be, it would be, listen, it, not a cheesy way of family-oriented, so obviously it would be back to grandparents, but if you yeah, obviously you can't pick one, so if you if you were telling grandparents, no, you can't, uh, then the, the guy I've, in in golf, growing up, the person I have the most respect for is my coach in the state, so I'd say Fred Warren would be the sixth. Deadly. So it's like the Blue Bloods Sunday dinner and Fred. Smash. <laughs> uh, Kim McNamara, thank you very much for your time. It's been really, really insightful into... You know, got from golf scholarships to hard times over there to changing things to the PGA route and, and the ins and outs of what it runs, what it takes to run a really, really successful, progressive, how it should be done club. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, much appreciated. Thanks a lot, Mr. Paul. That was Keen McNamara of Monkstown Golf Club. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's a bit longer than usual this episode, but thoroughly worth it, in my opinion. It's one of those episodes that, for me, after like five minutes, I knew this is this is an absolute stellar conversation. What a character. What a superb personality. What an absolute gem Monkstown Golf Club have in Keen McNamara. Forward thinking. Always thinking about his members. Always thinking about the progressive nature of golf in Monkstown for their juniors, for, I almost said intermediates, but throughout the membership and all the age ranges. Truly thinks about everybody around him and is, even in the preparation for this little chat with me it's, it was all around like giving the best experience and doing the best that he he was manageable um in articulating what they're doing in monkstown so uh, massive thanks to keen for his time and walking us through his life and m- life in monkstown and yeah ask ask keen how he's doing next time you're there it's definitely a spot i want to get to perhaps this year um, and you should too. So if you like the episode, even half as much as I loved putting it together, leave a podcast review. Stick it up on your Instagram stories or take a screenshot and stick it up on Twitter. Tag me. I'm sure we'll pick someone at random and send something nice um, in a, as a sign of appreciation. That's it. Well, next week is Barry Fenley in the Minute Paddy Scholarship. Um, and that's always an area I love talking about is college programs. That's it for me this week. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Keen from Monkstown. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs>